You're listening to the official South Bay Church podcast. For more about us, please visit southbaychurch.us. Good morning, everyone. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, my name is Dustin Peckman. My, my wife, Catherine, and I, we have the great privilege of leading the teen ministry here at the South Bay Church. And it's, it's an awesome job. We love it. Um, but I, I think it's so cool that we get to worship outside this morning. There's not too many places you could have an outdoor service at the end of October, wear some flip-flops, and expect mid to high 80s, uh, except Southern California. So definitely grateful to be here with you guys this morning. Um, share a few thoughts, a few scriptures, and then I'm going to close out with a prayer for communion. To start off, I want to uh, tell you a story about a guy named John. And this guy named John, he grew up in Colorado Springs, Colorado. And he, any Colorado natives out there? No, wow, I'm the only one. Okay. Um, and so he grew up, he was a typical high school student, uh, you know, involved in some extracurricular activities, did pretty well in school. And um, he had a friend, and when they graduated, they went to the University of Colorado together. And their first semester at the University of Colorado, they, they became even closer uh, friends because they just dove headfirst into the partying scene together. And they were, they were quote-unquote, living it up as college students, as college freshmen. And in the midst of this partying and this kind of new lifestyle that they discovered, two men from John's dorm kind of stepped into his life and introduced God and said, hey, have you ever had a relationship with God? Do you know who Jesus Christ is? And kind of had some dialogue. And John was a bit freaked out at first. He's like, these guys are crazy. None of us have ever been called crazy, I'm sure, as Christians. But uh, these guys, uh, he was like, I don't know about this. I'm hesitant. His friend was also approached uh, in another situation. And, uh, and he was like, you know, we should give this a shot. Let's see what they have to say. Let's see, you know, what the Bible is all about. So they're, they're having these Bible studies. They're really learning what it means to be a Christian. And yet... And yet when they're not in the Bible studies, they're still living this partying life. And they, they arrived at a crossroads where they're like, look, this, we, we can't continue to, live, uh, to, to claim this or go after God and yet live this way. So we have to make a decision. And fortunately, they chose God. And they're like, you know what? We're going to ditch all of that, all of that whole lifestyle. We're going to go after our relationship with God. And so then they, uh, they became Christ. They, they, had to, uh, they had to remove some things out of the top drawers of their desks in their dorm and flush some things and pour some stuff down the sink, if you know what I mean. And uh, they just, they, they ditched it completely, went after God. Well, they went on to graduate, and they, they raised their families in a godly way. And, uh, and one day, John and his wife and kids would walk into a pizza hut to have dinner. This was back in the day when you could ha- still eat at Pizza Hut where it wasn't Wing Street or anything like that. And so they're sitting at this booth, and they're, um, you know, in the midst of dinner, there's a little three-year-old girl that starts playing with their, uh, their one-and-a-half-year-old boy. And they're kind of playing over the booth, and that strikes up a conversation with the parents. And just as those two freshman guys had done in John's life, where they stepped in and introduced God, he, did, he and his wife did that for this couple sitting next to them. They're like, hey, do you guys want to come to church with us? Do you guys want to hang out with us? And really showed them what it was like to be a Christian. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish that story in just a sec. They, they went on to, to choose God 
and to really devote their lives to God. Um, but what does this have to do with the Harvest Festival? I mean, usually we're talking about soil or, uh, you know, parables that Jesus uh, shares about harvests and crops and whatnot. So turn with me over to John chapter 4. We'll tie this in, and then I'll finish the story in just a moment. John chapter 4. In verse 35. So this is Jesus speaking to his disciples here in verse 35. It says, Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. So Jesus, he's with his disciples, and he's telling them, look at the fields. They're ripe right now. Now, he's not talking about any kind of crop that they're looking at. He's not talking about avocados that are about to go bad that they need to go pick. He's very much talking about a spiritual context here. And really just a, um, um, a perspective of life. He's telling his disciples, look, we have an opportunity right now to make the most of. We, we have, we have a, a moment that if we let it slip, we, not, we might not have it again. And, and what is this moment? What is this context they're in? Well, Jesus, just moments before, he, he had an opportunity with a Samaritan woman at a well. And you know, if you, if you know about the, the relationship between Jews and Samaritans, you know it wasn't a good one. They didn't associate with one another. They were not on friendly terms. And so Jesus is at this well, and a Samaritan woman walks up, especially, by the way, uh, a Jewish man and a Samaritan woman. That conversation, that relationship would n- never have happened. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to have some dialogue with this Samaritan woman where no other Jewish man would have had that dialogue. And he, he extends love, he extends compassion, and, and he talks to her. This conversation got deep really quick. Starts talking about the multiple husbands that she has had. And, and she's like, wow, you, you know all this stuff about me. You must be a prophet. They're talking about a relationship with God. And she says, I know that, uh, I know that in... Um, that the Messiah is coming, and when he comes, he's going to explain all of this to us. And Jesus says, you know, the guy standing before you, I'm the Messiah. I'm him who, you're, who, you, who you have been waiting for. And so Jesus takes this opportunity to tell this woman uh, who he is to extend love and grace when no other Jewish man would have done that. And, and what does is, what is this, uh, what is this uh, spark in her life? Well, she goes and she tells her whole village that she has just talked to... The, the man who claims to be the Messiah says, he told me everything about myself. And then this, uh, this group, well, they had this opportunity as well to, okay, well, what do we do? Is she a lunatic or should, should we actually investigate? Is this the Messiah? And so, so she goes to her village. They say, let's check it out. Let's see if this is the Messiah. And they're coming in, in this massive Samaritan herd towards Jesus and his disciples. And this is the context in which Jesus is saying, look at the fields. The harvest is now. Look at all these Samaritans that are coming towards us. They want to put their faith in me, in God. They want to trust. They want to believe. And I know the the social and cultural barriers that we've had in the past with Samaritans. Forget them right now. Now is the moment. We need to make the most of this opportunity. And and in a sense, Jesus is, is telling his disciples Carpe diem. You guys have heard that term, right? 
Carpe diem in Latin. And what movie do you think of when you hear that? Dead Poets Society, right? A film from 1989. I was three years old when that film came out. But I love that movie. I watched it in an English class in high school. And in that movie, Robin Williams, he, he has his students looking at these old photographs from um, graduated classes in the past, from football teams, and he's saying, listen to them. They have, they have something they want to say to you. And they're all leaning in, and Robin Williams says, Carpe, Carpe, Carpe diem, seize the day, boys. Make your lives extraordinary. And, and it kind of gives you chills. You're like, whoa, I, I like this idea of making the most, seizing the day, making your lives extraordinary. And this, this term carpe diem, it literally means pluck the day. Today is ripe. It's like a ripe fruit. And if you don't make the most of it, if you don't pick it right now, you might not have it again. And so carpe diem, pluck the day as it is ripe. This is what Jesus is telling his disciples as these Samaritans approach them. And to tie it back into this story about this guy named John and his friend, John, uh, he made the most of an opportunity when he was sitting at a pizza hut. He also made the most of an opportunity when, he was, when God was brought to him and he had the choice, do I believe in this God or do I continue living like the way I, I've been living? And, and so he made the most of a couple opportunities it's just this long string of people making the most of opportunities. And, and him acting in that moment and making the most of it rather than saying, you know what, this family sitting next to me, they're, they're probably having family time. I shouldn't talk to them. Or you know what, let's just kind of, let's just pretend our kids didn't start playing or they don't look like they'd be interested in God at all. All kinds of excuses, but he made the most of it. And him and his wife making the most of that moment has completely changed my life because I was a year and a, I was a one and a half year old boy sitting next to my sister who was playing with their son and my parents choosing to act on that opportunity and really investigate what this was all about how to have a relationship with God it's completely changed my life I was able to grow up in a godly environment my parents told me years later like when when I was a um when I was an adult, they said, you know what? We were on the verge, probably within a couple years of getting a divorce. Our marriage was, was totally dysfunctional. And so instead of, you know, if John hadn't have said that, I might have been uh, switching off between my parents' houses. And that, that's what I would have known. I, might, I probably wouldn't be standing here today. And John, John's friend, I never mentioned his, his name, but his name's Brian. Brian Plymel. He's my father-in-law. And, and so they grew up together. They went to college together. And because they both made the most of this opportunity that they had been given to know God, not only did it mean uh, a chance for me to know God, but it, it meant a chance for my wife to know God, that we could be married together in God's church and we get to raise our kids in this environment. I mean, making the most of an opportunity, you never know what your decision can do. Your decision can change lives, they can change children's lives, they can change grandchildren's lives. And so I want to say there came a time when I needed to make a decision of my own. When I was a teenager, I, I understood, look, I've been living off of my parents' faith. I've been kind of riding their coattails for a while. Now I need to make a decision for myself. Is, is this what I want with my life? 
Do I want a relationship with God or do I want to just be like, forget all this. I'm going to go live it up. And I chose God. Now, that doesn't mean that I haven't made some dumb choices along the way as a Christian. I've made plenty of choices that I wish I could take back. Plenty of people that I have hurt by my own sin that I wish I could undo. But there is never a moment that I chose to seize the day for God's sake, to make the most of an opportunity uh, as an effort to honor God that I ever regret. Never a moment. And, and yet there's plenty of moments when I didn't choose to live for God that I do wish I could do differently. I want to read this, this quote from Benjamin Franklin. And, uh, you know, we have a lot of opportunities that we can just let pass. You know, we're like, maybe tomorrow, maybe next week. If, uh, if you're like me, you get these software updates on your, on your, Mac, on your, uh, on your laptops or your phones. And, and it's like, you know, try, try later, try, what is it? It's like, try later or something and then remind me tomorrow or right, something like that. I'm always like, remind me tomorrow. Like, now is not the time. I'm busy working. I can't restart my computer. And so, um, so there's this quote from Benjamin Franklin it says, you may, you may delay, but time will not. We may, we may pause and like, ah, now's not the time. But time just keeps going. Time keeps going. Like, like today is ripe, if we don't pick today, if we don't make the most of it, there's a lot of opportunities that might not ever come back. And so I want to encourage, uh, encourage a couple different groups of people. If if, you, if you're not really sure if you have a relationship with God or if you know, man, I've never even gone after a relationship with God. I haven't opened my Bible. I don't know who this Jesus Christ is. If that's you, really make the most of the opportunity that you have today. You have hundreds of people around you that would love to share their story with you, that would love to share with you how Jesus Christ has completely transformed their lives, would love to share with you how they have never regretted a day living for God. I want to encourage you, talk to someone, really investigate, uh, try to make it your own faith, your own relationship with God. And for those who do have a relationship with God, I want to encourage you to, one, make the most of your time with God today, but also make the most of your time with one another. We're going to have tons of opportunities today, interactions, conversations, um, you know, maybe friends that you've been really wanting to talk to, really wanting to set up an appointment with that you just haven't for weeks or months, make the most of these times that we have today. Don't let them pass by. Don't delay because you never know uh, if, you'll, if you'll have them again. And with this, um, I want to talk about, I want to close it out with Jesus because Jesus, towards the end of his life on earth, he had an opportunity, and this opportunity was not for his own sake. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't um, uh, a situation where he's like, I'm going to choose this, and it's going to mean great things for me. And that decision was to, to go to the cross, to die for us, or to not. And in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's wrestling with God. He's like, if there is another way... I see what is ahead of me. I see the pain that I'm going to have to go through. I see the separation from you that I will have to experience. Is there another way, Lord? Father, if there is another way, please put that into motion right now. But there, there wasn't another way because the only way for us 
to have the hope of salvation, to have the hope of eternity with our Lord and Savior in heaven. The only, the only hope that we have of having our sins forgiven was for Jesus to go to the cross. So in that moment, he chose, I'm going to make the most of this opportunity for your sake, for my sake, for the sake of human, the human race to have a relationship with God, to have this opportunity to have their sins forgiven. So this is the man that we follow, Jesus Christ, and he made the most of an opportunity when it met his death, but he made the most of it so that we could live. And so I want to turn over to Romans chapter 5 real quick. We'll close out with this scripture, Romans 5 verse 6. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. We'll read, we'll read 6 through 8. It says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for, uh, for, for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. This is why we're here. I mean, the Harvest Fest, all these activities, this is going to be a great day of celebration. But it's really the decision that Jesus made, the opportunity that he really seized and made the most of to die for us so that we could have life in him. That's what we're here to celebrate. So let's pray. We're gonna, uh, you should have some, some little cups with... Uh, with the bread on top and, and the juice. Let's remember Jesus making the most of an opportunity for our sake. And today, let's not let moments slip by with, without really making the most of them and seizing the day for God. Let's pray for communion. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. Jesus, thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for making just the, the hardest decision anyone has ever made uh, to go to the cross for all of us, God, so that we could have a relationship with you so that we uh, could have our sins forgiven, to be pure in, in a lot of impurity around us, to be light when there's a lot of darkness around us. Jesus, thank you for the decision you made. I pray that today we would make the most of the opportunities that you give us, Lord. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the South Bay Church Podcast. For other sermons, videos, upcoming events, and more about our church, please visit southbaychurch.us.